and welcome to Seeking the Gospel Truth. I'm Giselle Aguiar. You know, the more I study the Bible, the more I realize that every single book from Genesis to Revelation all point to Jesus. In the Old Testament, Jesus is predicted. In the New Testament, he is revealed, preached, explained, and expected. You find him everywhere because Jesus is the hero of the entire Bible. I've covered most of the New Testament, and you can find those studies on my blog. This next series is a hunt for Jesus in the Old Testament. It's how God's story becomes our story when we invite him into our lives. It will help us get to know God better, more intimately. And that's what he wants. He wants a relationship with us. Yes, you and me. I pray that as you hear this message, it will inspire you to study the Bible daily for yourself. Seek the truth. I pray that God opens your heart, eyes, and mind to study what his spirit is trying to tell you. And as you become rooted in the word, you'll also be rooted in hope, joy, and peace. Let's dig in. Jesus in Deuteronomy, part one. Listen carefully. It's a pep talk to the new generation. Deuteronomy is the epic conclusion to the Torah, the five books of Moses. In Numbers, God told Moses that he won't be entering the promised land and he dies at the end of this book. Sorry, spoiler alert, but he does. However, God tells Moses that he has to prepare this new generation before they go into the land of Canaan. Remember, the majority of these folks haven't heard the Ten Commandments, the do's and don'ts, as well as how God wants to be worshipped. God also wants Moses to reiterate that he forbids idolatry. Before Moses gets into the law, Deuteronomy actually means second law, he recounts the history of the Exodus. He actually tells some things not in the books of Exodus and Numbers. He was making the story relevant to this generation, and that was very wise. He also clarified a lot, trying to get them to understand that God doesn't kid around. If you disobey, you suffer the consequences. Since a lot of this message was covered in Exodus and Numbers, I'll skip over some of the repeated stuff, but I encourage you to read it for yourself. It is Moses' last sermons. I just go over the highlights here. And we'll start in chapters uh, with chapters one through five. Let's dig in. Deuteronomy one, Moses's first address. And you can uh, you can click on the red blog. I have links so you can read the whole chapter, or you can read it in your Bible or in the Bible app. Oh, these are the words that Moses spoke to all the people of Israel while they were in the wilderness east of the Jordan River. They were camped in the Jordan Valley near Saf, between Paran on one side, Tafel, Laban. Hazaroth and Dizahab on the other. Normally, it takes only 11 days to travel from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, going by way of Mount Seir. But 40 years after the Israelites left Egypt, on the first day of the 11th month, Moses addressed the people of Israel, telling them everything the Lord had commanded him to say. This took place after he had defeated King Sihon of the Amorites, who ruled in Heshbon, and Edrai had defeated King Og of Bashan, who ruled in Ashtaroth. 
While the Israelites were in the land of Moab, east of the Jordan River, Moses carefully explained the Lord's instructions as follows. When we were at Mount Sinai, the Lord, our God, said to us, you have stayed at this mountain long enough. It is time to break camp and move on. Go to the hill country of the Amorites and to all the neighboring regions, the Jordan Valley, the hill country, the western foothills, the Negev, the coastal plain. Go to the land of the Canaanites and to Lebanon and all the way to the great Euphrates River. Look, I am giving all this land to you. Go in and occupy it for it is the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors Abraham Isaac and Jacob and to all their descendants well in less than two weeks they were at the edge of the promised land they made it God did what he said he would do rescue them from captivity in Egypt and lead them to the land of milk and honey and we pick it up in verse 21 Look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go and occupy it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. But you all came to me and said, first, let's send out scouts to explore the land for us. They will advise us on the best route to take and which towns we should enter. This seemed like a good idea to me. So I chose 12 scouts, one from each of your tribes. They headed for the hill country and came to the valley of Eshkol and explored it. They picked some of its fruit and brought it back to us. And they reported the land the Lord our God has given us is indeed a good land. Well, well, but unfortunately, when the scouts came back, only two of them, Caleb and Joshua, were gung-ho on going in and taking over the land. They trusted that God would lead them and guide them and protect them. The other 10 were afraid. We pick it up in verse 32. But even after all he did, you refused to trust the Lord your God, who goes before you looking for the best places to camp, guiding you with a pillar of fire by night and a pillar of cloud by day. When the Lord heard your complaining, he became very angry. So he solemnly swore, not one of you from this wicked generation will live to see the good land I swore to give your ancestors, except Caleb, son of Jephunneh. He will, he will see this land because he has followed the Lord completely. I will give to him, his descendants, some of the very land he explored during his scouting mission. And the Lord was also angry with me because of you. And he said to me, Moses, not even you will enter the promised land. Instead, your assistant Joshua, son of Nun, will lead the people into the land. Encourage him, for he will lead Israel as they take possession of it. I will give the land to your little ones, your innocent children. You were afraid they would be captured, but they will be the ones to occupy it. As for you, turn around now and go back. Go on back through the wilderness towards the Red Sea. That was Deuteronomy 1, 32 to 40. Now, this history lesson is important even for us today. We have a choice in this life. Trust God and follow his will or try to do it ourselves by ourselves. That doesn't work. Just like the Israelites tried to take the land on their own afterwards, they lost the battle against the Amorites. When we put our complete trust in God, we don't lose the battles life throws at us. 
God is bigger than any battle you are facing. In the next chapter, Moses explains about the people in the areas surrounding Canaan. It's where the descendants of Esau, Jacob's brother, Lot, Abraham's nephew, and other peoples live. Continuing, Deuteronomy 2. And you can click on over to my blog and I have links to read the, the whole chapter. We pick it up in verse 24. Moses continued, then the Lord said, now get moving, cross the Arnon Gorge. Look, I will hand you over to Sihon, the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and I will give you his land. Attack him and begin to occupy the land. Beginning today, I will make people throughout the earth terrified because of you. When they hear reports about you, they will tremble with dread and fear. And that's exactly what happened when the king of Moab heard they were in his land and he wanted Balaam to curse them, but he couldn't. Giving us the story of the talking donkey. And I've got a link to that. It was a few days ago. Okay, Deuteronomy 3. If you like war stories of battles and victories, you'll like this chapter and I'll let you read it on your own. There's a link in the blog. Moses also recounts how the tribes of Reuben, Gad, and half of Manasseh, Joseph's son, got land on the east side of the Jordan River. But Moses made them a deal. They can have that land if they help their kin enter Canaan and fight the inhabitants. We pick um, uh, Deuteronomy 3 up in verse 18. At that time, I gave this command to the tribes that would live east of the Jordan. Although the Lord your God has given you this land as your property, all your fighting men must cross the Jordan ahead of your Israelite relatives, armed and ready to assist them. Your wives, children, and numerous livestock, however, may stay behind in the towns I have given you. When the Lord has given security to the rest of the Israelites as he has to you, and when they occupy the land, the Lord your God is giving them across the Jordan River, then you may all return here to the land I have given you. Moses forbidden to enter the land, verse 21. At that time, I gave Joshua this charge. You have seen for yourself everything the Lord your God has done to these two kings. He will do the same to all the kingdoms on the west side of the Jordan. Do not be afraid of the nations there, for the Lord your God will fight for you. At that time, I pleaded with the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, you have only begun to show your greatness and the strength of your hand to me, your servant. Is there any God, little g-god, in heaven or on earth who can perform such great and mighty deeds as you do? Please let me cross the Jordan to see the wonderful land on the other side, the beautiful hill country and the Lebanon mountains. But the Lord was angry with me because of you, and he would not listen to me. That's enough, he declared. Speak of it no more. But go up to Pisgah Peak and look over the land in every direction. Take a look, but you may not cross the Jordan River. Instead, commission Joshua and encourage and strengthen him, for he will lead the people across the Jordan. He will give them all the land you see before you as their possession. So we stayed in the valley near Beth Peor. All right, Deuteronomy 4, listen and obey. Now we get to the meaty part that pertains to us today. Jesus said over and over again after teaching in the Gospels, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. That's how Moses starts this next part of, the, of his sermon, Deuteronomy 4. And now, Israel, listen carefully to these decrees and regulations that I am about to teach you. 
obey them so that you may live. So you may enter and occupy the land that the Lord, the God of your ancestors is giving you. Do not add or subtract from these commands I am giving you. Just obey the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you. You saw for yourself what the Lord did to you at Baal, Peor. There the Lord your God destroyed everything, everyone who had worshipped Baal, the God of Peor. B-A-L, B-A-A-L, Baal. But all of you who were faithful to the Lord your God are still alive today. Every one of you. Look, I now teach you these decrees and regulations just as the Lord my God commanded me so that you may obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Obey them completely. Not bits and pieces, not parts that you like and disregard parts you don't like. No, obey them completely. And you will display your wisdom and intelligence among the surrounding nations. When they hear all these decrees, they will examine how wise and prudent are the people of this great nation. For what great nation has, has a God as near to them as the Lord our God is near to us whenever we call on him? And what great nation has decrees and regulations as righteous and fair as this body of instructions that I am giving you today? But watch out. Be careful never to forget what you, you yourselves have seen. Do not let these memories escape from your mind as long as you live and be sure to pass them on to your children and grandchildren. Never forget the day when you stood before the Lord your God at Mount Sinai where he told me, summon the people before me and I will personally instruct them. Then they will learn to fear me as long as they live and they will teach their children to fear me also. You came near and stood at the foot of the mountain while flames from the mountain shot into the sky. The mountain was shrouded in black clouds and deep darkness. And the Lord spoke to you from the heart of the fire. You heard the sound of his words, but didn't see his form. There was only, uh, only a voice. He proclaimed his covenant, the Ten Commandments, which he commanded you to keep and which he wrote on two stone tablets. It was at that time that the Lord commanded me to teach you his decrees and regulations so that you would obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. All right. Now, I, I personally don't have children. However, as I look back at how the world has gone from a, a biblical worldview to a very secular one, I see that leaving one's children to decide on their own whom or what they will worship or follow only leads to destruction. Enough said. A warning against idolatry. We pick it up in verse 15. But be very careful. You did not see the Lord's form on the day he spoke to you from the heart of the fire at Mount Sinai. So do not corrupt yourself by making an idol in any form, whether of a man or a woman, an animal on the ground, a bird in the sky, or a small animal that scurries along the ground, 
or a fish in the deepest sea. And when you look up into the sky and see the sun, moon, and stars, all the forces of heaven, do not be seduced into worshiping them. The Lord your God gave them to all peoples of the earth. Remember that the Lord rescued you from the iron smelting furnace of Egypt in order to make you his very own people and his special possession, which is what you are today. But the Lord was angry with me because of you. He vowed that I would not cross the Jordan River into the good land the Lord your God has given you as your special possession. You will cross the Jordan to occupy the land, but I will not. Instead, I will die here on the east side of the river. So be careful not to break the covenant the Lord your God has made with you. Do not make idols of any shape or form, for the Lord your God has forbidden this. The Lord your God is a devouring fire. He is a jealous God. In the future, when you have children and grandchildren and have lived in the land a long time, do not corrupt yourself by making idols of any kind. This is evil in the sight of the Lord your God and will arouse his anger. See, he, they, he knew even in the future generations that they would have a problem with idolatry. Today, I call on heaven and earth as witnesses against you. If you break my covenant, you will quickly disappear from the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. You will live there only a short time. Then you will be utterly destroyed. Gee, that actually happens twice to them. For the Lord will scatter you among the nations where only a few of you will survive. There in a foreign land, you will worship idols made from wood and stone, gods that neither see nor hear nor eat nor smell. But from there, you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will find him. Let me read that again. If you search for him, for God, the Lord your God, with all your heart and soul, you will find him. In the distant future, when you are suffering all these things, you will finally return to the Lord your God and listen to what he tells you. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon you or destroy you or forget the solemn covenant he made with your ancestors. There is only one God. Now search all of history from the time God created people on the earth until now and search from one end of the heavens to the other. Has anything as great as this ever been seen or heard before? Has any nation ever heard the voice of God speaking from fire as you did and survived? Has any other God dared to take a nation for himself of, of another nation by means of trials, miraculous signs, wonders, war, a strong hand, a powerful arm, and terrifying acts? Yet that is what the Lord your God did for you in Egypt right before your eyes. You can read all about that in Exodus. That's all of the plagues. He showed you these things so you would know that the Lord is God and there is no other. He let you hear his voice from heaven so he could instruct you. He let you see his great fire here on earth so he could speak to you from it. Because he loved your ancestors. He chose to bless their descendants and he personally brought you out of Egypt with a great display of power. He drove out nations far greater than you so he could bring you in and give you their land as your special possession as it is today. So remember this 
and keep it firmly in mind. The Lord is God, both in heaven and on earth, and there is no other. If you obey all the decrees and commands I am giving you today, all will be well with you and your children. I am giving you these instructions so you will enjoy a long life in the land of the Lord your God is giving you for a long time. Next, since this is a new generation, Moses reiterates the importance of obeying the Ten Commandments. Deuteronomy 5. Moses called all the people of Israel together and said, listen carefully, Israel, hear the decrees and regulations I am giving you today so you may learn and obey them. Hear, listen carefully. Listen, obey, learn, obey. Get the message? Verse 2, the Lord our God made a covenant with us at Mount Sinai. The Lord did not make this covenant with our ancestors, but with all of us who are alive today. At the mountain, the Lord spoke to you face to face from the heart of the fire. It, it, I stood as an intermediary between you and the Lord, for you were afraid of the fire and did not want to approach the mountain. He spoke to me and I passed his words on to you. This is what he said. I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God, little g-god, but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. See, there's reward for obedience and consequences for disobedience. Get that? You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. The Lord will not let you go unpunished if you misuse his name. Observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. And this includes you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen and donkeys, and other livestock and any foreigners living among you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and powerful arm. That is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. Basically, work six days. And take, a, and take one day off, at least, okay? Most people take two days off. And it doesn't have to be Saturday and Sunday. It could be in the middle of the week because, you know, we work retail now in hotels and hospitals. And, you know, they have to work seven days a week. You know, um, they're, they're, they have to operate seven days a week. So different shifts, different days. But you have to rest. You can't work seven days a week and expect to be fruitful and be expect to, to be healthy. Believe me, I tried it. It doesn't work. 
Verse 16, honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you, then you will live a long, full life in the land the God, the Lord your God is giving you. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet your neighbor's wife. You must not covet your neighbor's house or land, a male or female servant, ox or donkey, or anything else that belongs to your neighbor. The Lord spoke these words to all of you assembled here at the foot of the mountain. He spoke with a loud voice from the heart of the fire, surrounded by clouds and deep darkness. This was all he said at that time. And he wrote his words on two stone tablets and gave them to me. But when you heard the voice from the heart of the darkness, while the mountain was blazing with fire, all your tribal leaders and elders came to me. They said, look, the Lord our God has shown us his glory and greatness, and we have heard his voice from the heart of the fire. Today we have seen that God can speak to us humans, and yet we live. But now why should we risk death again? If the Lord our God speaks to us again, we will certainly die and be consumed by this awesome fire. Can any living thing hear the voice of the living God from the heart of the fire as we did and yet survive? Go yourself and listen to what the Lord our God says, then come and tell us everything he tells you, and we will listen and obey. The Lord heard the request you made to me, and he said, I have heard what the people said to you, and they are right. Oh, that they will always have hearts like this, and that they may fear me and obey all my commands. If they did, they and their descendants would prosper forever. Again, obedience, you get rewards. Go and tell them, return to your tents, but you stand there with me so I can give you all my commands, decrees, and regulations, but you must teach them to the people so they can obey them in the land I am giving them as a possession. So Moses told the people, you must be careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God. Follow his instructions in every detail. Stay on the path that the Lord your God has commanded you to follow. Then you will live long and prosperous lives in the land you are about to enter and occupy. Wow, that was a lot. So, Jesus' great commandments. Now, Jesus knocked these down to two great commandments in Matthew 22, verses 34 to 40. Um, when the Pharisees heard that, he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply. They met together to question him again. One of them, an expert in religious law, all that Mosaic law, tried to trap him with this question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? And Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. So I did um, two lessons on each one, comparing them to the version God gave Moses. You can click on over my blog and check those out. And they both center around relationships. Um, the, uh, the first um, ones are between people and God. And then the second, the, the last batch are between um, one another. Okay. Listen and obey. Simple instructions, right? The folks who spoke in gospel, a Bible study available in the free version Bible app, explain it like this, and I quote, the author of Hebrews draws heavily from these two chapters, um, four and five. 
when he is pleading with Christians to, uh, to persevere as well. But everything is heightened and escalated in Jesus and his gospel. God didn't just save a people by miraculously punishing their captors. He bore the punishment himself to the point of shedding his own blood. God did not show up in a shapeless cloud of fire to bring us to a land that can be touched. He came as an actual human being to bring us to God's actual home where there are countless heavenly hosts singing his praises. Since his actions are so much more incredible, obedience is that much more dire. For the one who warns us is not a man named Moses living on the earth. It is the exalted man, Jesus, who reigns on his throne in heaven. But with this more severe warning, we have a more beautiful story to remember. As we recall the story of the gospel, we are filled with so much love for him in our hearts that obeying his commands becomes our greatest joy. What God is there like Jesus who has done so much for us? There is none beside him. That's from Jesus and all of Deuteronomy by Spoken Gospel. There's a link in my blog to, um, to their website. Jesus didn't suffer torture and die so we could have a religion. He died so he could have a relationship with you. And he told us in Revelation 3.20, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Jesus is knocking. Why don't you let him into your heart? Invite Jesus into your heart and receive the gift and confident hope of eternal life. If you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, there's a prayer in the show notes, or you can click on over my blog and click where it says, how to invite Jesus into your heart. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory. Thank you for listening to this episode. I pray that the Holy Spirit, the author of Scripture, touched your heart to reveal the gospel truth that our hope of salvation is through Jesus Christ alone. If you have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to me via my website or social media. I encourage you to read the Bible daily and seek the truth for yourself. I recommend that you download two free Bible study apps, the YouVersion Bible app and Through the Word. Friends, we are living in strange, crazy times, the last days, the end times. But know that things aren't falling apart, they are falling into place. Jesus said in Revelation 3, 20-22, Look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. Anyone with ears to hear must listen to the spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. Jesus is knocking. It's up to you to open the door. Peter told us in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed or perish, but wants everyone to repent. Jesus is coming back soon. Are you ready? Repent of your sins and invite Jesus into your heart right now. 
If you don't know what to say, there's a prayer in the show notes and on my blog. Jesus said in Matthew 24, 14, and the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. Soli Deo Gloria, to God alone be the glory.